Hello, everybody. Today, we are talking about how you can study art and approve faster. If you would like to grow as an artist and you can't afford an art class, we've got everything you need here at ArtProf, critiques, tutorials, and professional development. Now, if you're studying art, any form of it, oh boy, there's a lot to study. And I know deep deep, a lot of people feel very overwhelmed by that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that especially when you're kind of like teaching yourself or you're just starting out in your artistic journey, it can be really stressful to figure out like, how, where do I start and how do I, um, you know, maximize the time that I'm putting in to kind of reap the most benefits. So it can feel really overwhelming um, and kind of just like a, like a maze. Um, so we're here to help. <laughs> And I know people are constantly questioning themselves because if you are self-taught, you're learning off all the various resources, it's really hard to know, okay, am I just driving eight miles in the wrong direction? Is this the order I should be learning things in? So there's a lot of doubt. And I'm curious to hear from people in the chat, how many of you have felt that the way? There's just so much to learn that it makes it very hard to organize in your head what to do. I am here to tell you, you cannot learn everything all at once. It's not possible. Now, Dorian, you're an industrial designer. You do a lot of upcycle fashion, silk screening. And oh my gosh, what is this, 500 skills to be able to make anything in your field? <laughs> it's the willingness to experiment and the willingness to also know that it's okay not to know. Uh, a lot of the projects that I've worked on, are skills that I didn't originally go into the project knowing, but through experimenting, through test, through failure, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of failure, uh, and actually just learning from those failures. I think that's the beauty of it. And that's also what makes it so exciting to actually see the final product once you do it. Like I didn't know Photoshop for this. I didn't know how to sew for the other things. So yeah, it's exciting. It brings a new element. What advice would you give to people? in terms of how to deal with this? Because we have plenty of people, like Nanny says, I felt like that just today. Manette says it's really hard to know what direction to go in when all the advice is different. Yeah, I mean, in some ways I'm sort of jealous that I didn't grow up with YouTube. On the other hand, it is so saturated. So how do people do this, Deep D? It's hard and I think it varies from person to person, but my biggest advice is to just like find an entry point and start experimenting and don't be afraid to fail. Um, give yourself the agency and the ability to just try and practice and just create a lot of work um, and see what comes out of that. Because that's the quickest way to learn is to just be consistent and let yourself just play almost. Um, and see what comes out of that. Cause each person is so different that your learning is going to be so different than like mine's going to be different than Dorian's. That's going to be different than yours, Clara. And the only way that you're going to find out what works best for you is to try a bunch of things and see what comes out of it. Yeah. And it's so hard because you have to have patience when you learn. I know the stream is about how to learn faster, but ultimately how long it takes for a concept to sink in. It's not overnight. Like, Dorian, I don't think you went to school to learn how to do sewing. You weren't an apparel major. So did you have to teach yourself how to sew? Yeah. Uh, with one of my high school or college friends, I learned how to make a pillow. 
and that was the only sewing experience that I really de delved into uh, until my senior thesis project where I wanted to create sportswear. And that kind of led to the inspirations for all of the future pieces that I do for Black Dot Market. So I had no experience, but I wanted to know how to do it. And I was willing to take that time. Lisa says, go slow to go fast. Well, I think just so many people want the magic bullet. And if you search for stuff on YouTube, I actually saw this one video when I was doing research for this title. It was um, learn faster with no practice. I was like, are you serious? <laughs> what, are you, what are you gonna tell me? I'm going to be in great athletic shape and I'm never gonna exercise. Like, come on people, like be reasonable about your expectations. Sign me up for that. Exactly. <laughs> Don't skip the fundamentals. That makes your life very difficult. And sometimes people feel like, oh, fundamentals, that sounds so boring and dry. I, I, I'm not excited to learn the fundamentals. But the thing is, you don't see the fundamentals until you know what they are. So for example, Deepti, this is your stop motion animation tutorial. And you meet lots of people who are like, I want to do animation, right? Yeah, definitely. And animating is a skill that is like really built on top of a ton of other skills, which are considered fundamentals. And those goes like really down to the basics of things like shape and color theory and, you know, line, um, all of these things. And then that builds into understanding like basic motion, like the fundamentals of animation are actually like a thing. But there are so many fundamentals that once you get a grasp of that, it really strengthens your ability to actually create an animation and create like a really strong animation and, and make it a visually compelling piece. It's just like the gym, Clara, that you were talking about. It's like, you really have to understand like what muscles to use and what helps you, you know, grow and strengthen your body so that like you can then go be like an Olympic gymnast or whatever. Um, <laughs> that's a crazy comparison, but you get what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Well, but I think athletics is a great comparison because Dorian, you were really hardcore basketball player and you still coach and play and stuff like that. I imagine when you went to practice, you guys didn't just play games the whole time, right? No, I. you have to suffer a little bit to get to where you want to go. Like that's how, that's the very rough version of saying that statement. But you're going to have your growing pains. You're going to have moments when you want to give up, but in those moments when you push through it, that's when you usually find those eureka moments. That's when you find inspiration. And that's also when you get a sense of why you're actually doing it because you're not going to just do anything just so you can say, ah, okay, cool. I did it. Like if there's purpose and intention and that's why we do art, if there's purpose and intention behind the works and creations that you make, I think that goes a long way. Yes. And let me tell you guys, fundamentals are not boring. They're super fun. They just have a bad rep. People just say color theory. Oh, I don't want to make a color chart. Well, just go through my anatomy slideshows. We'll just look at Hugh Jackman the whole time. It's very entertaining. <laughs> so the thing about fundamentals is they're only boring if you are looking in the wrong place or honestly, if you have a rotten attitude about it. I mean, Deepti, I feel like a lot of it is just being willing to say, hey, I'm not gonna make assumptions that fundamentals are boring. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's like going to the gym, which I hate doing, but you got to just go and do it. And then you'll start seeing progress and then it'll start being fun because you're seeing progress. But also one of the things I love about fundamentals are they're kind of like, it's not like you're creating a masterpiece for like a show. You're just like doing something that is helping you grow as an artist. So it gives you kind of the agency to just mess around and like learn these fundamentals and play with it um, and like make something that kind of sucks and then make something that really rocks. And and there, there are so many ways to make the fundamentals fun. You just have to like go into it with an open mind and a good attitude. And honestly, some people don't even know what the fundamentals are. Like I've had people say to me, oh, well, is it color theory just mixing colors? I'm like, no, there's way more involved. So our curriculums are really good for that because we just lay it all on the table. We say, here are things you need to know because Dorian, you're an industrial designer. You went to school for industrial design, but when you entered the major, did you really know what was involved? There, there are always hidden, hidden parts of the contract, you know, that fine print. Like whenever I was a sophomore, that's when you go into ID. I had to draw a hundred cubes in perspective at various angles. And that was our assignment for the week. I didn't know it was going to take me a week, but it took me a week. And it was probably the most grueling, just tedious task that they could have given us. But it helped with my perception, it helped with my perspective, and it also strengthened my hand-eye coordination. So it's all about taking in those moments and just embracing like it's part of what you have to do to grow. Great point from Lionel, who says, every time I went back to the fundamentals, it always paid me back tenfold in sometimes an exciting way. I mean, who can't afford to go back and look at those basics? Do you ever find yourself doing that, Deep D? Totally. Sometimes it's almost therapeutic to just be like, okay, I'm just going to do this thing. And I know that it's, you know, it's like a good, like meditative process sometimes. And yeah, it's always good to revisit it. Sometimes when you're just feeling stuck, um, color theory is a great example because sometimes you're just like trying to unlock something and you're like, let me just go back to the real basics. Like what is frustrating me here? The color. Okay. Let's go back to color theory. And you probably will figure things out. Sometimes it's really just in those like basic skills. This is a mindset thing. Honestly, this has nothing to do with your fingers or your skill set. Don't knock it till you try it. You have to have an open mind. And I'm sorry, but a lot of the stuff on YouTube really makes everything just seem so shallow. It's like everything's so surface level. And you don't realize, oh my gosh, this thing that I thought had nothing to do with what I wanted to do actually was very relevant. So when I was a student in art school, we were required to take 3D design. And at the time I was like, oh, I'm an oil painter. That is my thing, hardcore. And so I remember I saw 3D on my schedule. I'm like, what? This is such a waste of time. I don't want to do 3D. I had a wonderful professor and I loved it so much that guess what? I did my MFA in sculpture. And think about that initial reaction, which was me being a brat saying, I don't need this, but you do need these things. Doreen, did you ever do anything at um, art school or high school that you were like, oh, I don't need this, but actually ended up fine? Uh, honestly, 
<laughs> I'm a little different because if there's an opportunity to do something creative or use my hands, I'm all for it. But I will say the patience that I had to have when I was learning darkroom photography literally could not stand it. But the end result of it was so amazing. And then after a certain point, it just became therapeutic. And now one of the things I love to do is do my own product shots, my own photography. So I guess in a way it's taught me to be patient, but I like to, you know, I like to just use my hands. <laughs> so in other words, you're not a brat like me. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't say that. I didn't say it. But. <laughs> just to clarify, just to make sure, because I think, DD, a lot of us have ideas about what we want to do. And that's fine. Oh, I want to be an animator. But it's like the way you become an animator oftentimes is not what it could be or is sometimes. Yeah, and I think being open and saying yes to things and trying out new skills is a great way to learn what it is you actually might be good at. Because a lot of times people want to do things because they're good at it. I feel like that's a lot of the reason why we all went to art school is because we were like the art kid, you know, and we were like good at it. Um, but then we get like stuck into the thing that we're good at and we don't realize that there might be other things we're good at. I actually remember I, I hated 3D and I remember having to take a stop motion class and being like, I don't want to do this whatsoever because I have to make things and then animate it. I just want to draw. But then I realized once you make the thing, the animating get, goes by so much faster a, a lot of the times because like you're not redrawing frames and backgrounds over and over again. And I loved doing stop motion, but I would have never really uh, given myself the agency to try that and learn that, sh not shortcut, but that other way of working um, and other type of process if I hadn't kind of been forced to try this other way of animating. Jane says, I heard on a podcast recently to improve, we need a growth mindset, not a masterpiece mindset, practice, not perfection, right? I had a friend who mentored me quite a bit when I was teaching in academia and she summed it up so well. She said, exposure, not mastery. Because Dorian, if you go straight for mastery and you just ignore everything else, that is not a way to grow. It's a pile of dog poop at that point. Metaphorical. Yes. When you rush to the end, you skip the beauty of the journey. And I think that's the best way I can put it you're going to learn so much about yourself in the process and you're going to learn so much about the craft and when you truly appreciate the craft you can actually use it to your advantage in many varieties of ways like i don't know about you guys but i use obscure things from various mediums and apply it to the thing that i'm doing like have you guys done that in any of your practices i mean it's all going to the same pot of soup <laughs> in my opinion. And so sometimes it's something I experienced somewhere else. Like I played in an orchestra for many, many years and I would come up with something or see something or maybe the, I mean, actually I I've been trying to, I've been trying to practice more. So I actually have my like oboe book on my stand right now. You know, maybe I look at the book and I'm like, Ooh, that's kind of a cool green. I, maybe I'll use that green in my next painting. So it's like, you never really know when that is gonna pop up. Find a structure for learning that fits you. Notice the word fit. Why is that important, Deep D? Because oftentimes people say, oh, this is the best. That, that's the best channel. That's the best blah, blah, blah. But that's not the case for everybody. 
No, everyone's life is so different. Everyone's hurdles that they go through on a day-to-day basis. Some people have kids. Your schedules are different. The amount of time you can dedicate to something is is vastly different than the other person. And also just how your brain works is different. So you have to try a bunch of different ways of working, finding that structure that fits for you because each person um, is is different. Like I said, I know for me, working on something and then leaving a little bit left unfinished is the best way for me to pick up a pencil again the next day because I know exactly what I need to accomplish. Certain people, they have children. So working at like 11 p.m. works the best for them because their kids are at bed. You know, you have to find out what works the best for you. And that's the best way to actually create that consistency and routine um, that will, you know, start giving you the progress that you're looking for. When we first started doing tutorials here, I just assumed, oh, I'll do something and people will watch. They'll learn. But you know what? You guys invented the draw-alongs because a bunch of you just started drawing with me and you started showing to me. I was like, oh my gosh, this is such a cool way of learning. Because Dorian, not everybody wants to be super public about how they learn. And sometimes people need a, a little incubation space like you know when you have baby chicks and they're in that nice little warm container <laughs> I, I think you need a safe place to learn exactly uh i think my safe place started off in the art room with my old art school teacher uh miss martin from high school and learning in such a closed environment but also having like the ability to experiment having the ability to ask the questions where i wouldn't feel that judgment. I wouldn't feel that pressure. I think everyone kind of seeks that. So wherever you can find it, take advantage of it. And especially if you if you check out these tracks, I think you will definitely benefit. That's all I'll say. <laughs> so if you don't know what the tracks are, they're free. They're a sequence of video lessons and prompts. And note, you can do them at your own pace. And I know some people get frustrated because, oh, they do it for two weeks and, oh man, my kid is going on a hiking trip and I have to chaperone and I can't do this for two weeks. But that's the thing is life gets busy. Not everybody can drop everything and go to a year long residency. I wish I could, but mm -hmm. it's not always possible. And so deep D, I think a big part of learning is pacing yourself at a reasonable rate. Yeah, I think pacing yourself is so important because if you're forcing yourself to go faster than you actually want to be or should be, you're going to feel burnout. And if you're giving yourself all the time in the world and so you're not going to be feeling that kind of like challenge and and that motivation to keep going. So finding that right pace for you where you're not feeling burnt out and frustrated, but also you are creating a steady rhythm for yourself and setting goals for yourself is a really important sweet spot for you to figure out on your own. And that's why our tracks are so great because like there are, you know, suggestions in there. This, the, the path is there for you. Just how you accomplish it is up to you. And then, you know, you can come on our discord and get feedback or all of that too. So the resources are endless. I've had people say to me, Oh, I, I didn't do that part. I'm really upset. Is that okay, Clara? I'm like, what am I going to do? Lower your grade? Like <laughs> some people really don't do well with academic pressure. And, you know, like Dorian, what if you decided, Dorian, you wanted to learn how to do something? Do you really have that much time to just invest in learning? You've got other things in your life right now. 
I have to pay bills. I have to drink water. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> there's there's a lot of stuff that ends up on your plate, especially once you pass a certain age, obviously. But it's all about if you truly want to learn, then you definitely want to find ways to allocate that time, even if it's five to ten minutes a day where you pick up a sketchbook and you just draw the first thing that comes to your mind. Like I use drawing as a tool for journaling at this point because I never really enjoyed writing too much. But if I draw exactly what I'm feeling or if I'm drawing some moment of my day that made me happy. Also, I love that you're drinking from that mug right now. <laughs> Buy our merch, everybody. That's me. That's literally, that's me right there. And I, I said it. that like 5,000 times on a stream once, and now it's on a mug. <laughs> Better watch what you say, Dorian. It might end up on our merch. <laughs> I drink water. <laughs> Hopefully that ends up, and it's on a water bottle. Uh, but yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, you just have to find ways to allocate time to dedicate to what you want to learn. These are images from people who have finished our tracks. And it's so fun to create in a community and to feel like somebody sees it because oftentimes we can do our stuff, but it almost feels like it's not happening if nobody else engages with it. So we try really hard to highlight people who have finished a track because it's a huge amount of work. And if you want to know more about the tracks, just go to artprof.org, as Michelle is asking, and just type into the search bar tracks you'll find it. The search bar is the best way to use our website because it's just so gigantic and the search bar works very, very well. All right, another option, one day workshops. These have been really fun for us. We've been doing them for almost half a year now. And a lot of people like this because a lot of people can't take a 10 week long workshop that meets three times a week and has homework and everything. So for a lot of people, they really like the workshops. You just come, you work with me for three hours. We have time in the Discord before and after the workshop. And I send people written feedback. So it's a really fun experience, but it's like you don't have to drop your whole life to be able to do it. So we also run so many different topics. Like we were running premium tracks before and we just couldn't cover as many topics because of the format. So the workshops have been really fun. By the way, speaking of workshops, we do have two more workshops this month. Jelly Plates is this Saturday. Drawing Cats is at the end of the month. Now, this is going to address what somebody had posted earlier. Karasu says, it takes me months just to finish one piece of artwork. The only time it doesn't take me that long is if I'm drawing fan art from a kid's tutorial. It's really frustrating. What should I do? This is what you do. Create three artworks instead of one. Now, some people might say, oh my God, you want me to do three? That's going to take so, so long. But that's not necessarily true. Like, Dorian, you do all these silkscreen shirts and everything. Do you silkscreen at once and then say, okay, I'm done? Or do you take the opportunity to produce? So, yeah, everything is, I guess, produced at a larger scale once I start a project. Uh, if I see something that I like, I'm going to test it on not only t-shirts, I'm going to test it on different fabrics, I'm going to test it on hoodies. There's ways to make the product more engaging and more, you can elevate the work just by challenging yourself to change it in different ways. Uh, 
I also just like to make a lot of things and play with iteration because that also helps your process get faster. It seems like you're slowing down. I think someone said earlier, like go slow to go fast. Yes, because if you take the time now to go slow, your process immediately starts picking up after it becomes habitual. It's second nature and you don't have to think as much about what you're doing. Uh, I think, yeah, like even in deep deep, like your work as an animator, like I feel like that's something that you have to really hone. <laughs> yeah, and tons of patience there. And I also feel like, you know, making three works instead of one or kind of creating more than one. It's nice because like, it's not the end of the world. If you don't like the first one, you have something else to look forward to and be like, well, I didn't like this. And I learned on this one that I didn't like it because X, Y, and Z. So I'm going to implement that here on this next one. And, you know, Casey said, um, a good thing that helps is just increasing output. Even if I don't love every piece that comes out of it, I learn the most when I have a big burst of pieces in a short amount of time. And I agree, like removing that preciousness from each one and being like, this is the piece I make this month and just kind of like churning things out relieves the stress of needing things to be perfect and rather just is more of like a create to learn something and then use what you learn to create again. I would go absolutely out of my mind if somebody said, you have to make one artwork, you have to finish it all the way before you can do something else. Most of the time, I've got three or four pieces going at the same time, because inevitably, if one's bothering me, I just the next one and then I come back when I'm feeling a little less crazy. So it may feel like, oh, God, I can't triple my output, but you're not. What you're doing is you're distributing the stress. <laughs> at least that's the way I think about it. So I'm not so worried because when you just start pumping things out number one you're not as precious and mm -hmm. dorian doesn't it feel good to make a lot of stuff because you can like even if it's not completed to the way that you want it to end up being or whatever it might be you made something like that's an accomplishment you can check something off the list i worked on an apron last night for my friend danny that i'm actually going to be posting on my page like I said that I would do that and I just sat down. I was like, you know what? I'm going to give myself three hours and I'm going to finish this project. Putting yourself on a times constraint as well also really helps. <laughs> and Deepti, I noticed that your animations that you do, they don't take 500 hours to draw. Is there a reason for that? Well, I'm going to guess there is. <laughs> I don't have 500 hours. I don't have 50 hours, you know? and. Um, sometimes you just gotta make work and you gotta find, like, I found out that doing these animations that are all the frames are on one sheet of paper is really quick for me because it's just, it, it, it is a process that will inevitably look some level of, of quote unquote bad or chaotic or something. And, and that's embracing it in, in the animation process. And, um, that forces me to create something. And, and that's just how I figured out is the best way for me to learn. And I feel like in general is a great way for people to learn is to just not feeling like things need to be given a grade or put out into the world all the time. Sometimes it's just good to create something and be like, okay, putting it on a shelf, maybe I'll look at it in a year, but removing that preciousness really in, frees you in a lot of ways. And I think that's super helpful. Hang out with artists who are more skilled and experienced. And, and this is hard, okay? Because when I was in high school, I was not one of like the top oboe players in the Boston area. It's very competitive music community. And miraculously, my senior year, I got into the top orchestra. 
which I was not expecting because I was not even on the radar before. So all of a sudden I'm in the top orchestra. I mean, these are people who go off to Juilliard, okay? The people in this orchestra and oh man, I had to level up. Like Dorian, have you ever um, been around somebody who just was so much better at something than you? That was my RISD experience. <laughs> like there's so many people like-minded or not that just came and they knew so much stuff and it was kind of intimidating at first not gonna lie but not being afraid to ask the questions and not being afraid to just kind of stick to someone and stick with someone i got to grow with a lot of really cool friends and cool art creatives in the community and my art professor jess brown again i mention her every stream because she's just been that impactful like her work was just so amazing and so clean and just so impactful. And that just made me want to find ways to not only engage with the community, but make impactful work as well. So, yeah. <laughs> and I get it. It's intimidating. Like, Deep D, we've had people come into the Discord and express, oh my gosh, everybody here is so good. I feel like I don't belong here. What do you say to that, Deep D? I think that you can learn from anyone. Anyone can learn from anyone. And I think community is all about just like being kind and inclusive. And I honestly think that like when the people around you are like moving on up in your eyes, you're bound to also move on up because that's like what community is. Like people rise with each other and you're only as cool as the people that you surround yourself with. So <laughs> that's something I fundamentally believe. Like you need to be around cool, good people because that's a reflection of you. Um, and so I, that's what one thing I love about our Discord is we have people from every, just, just it's so vast. Um, but then we're all talking about each other's work and we all bring in our own special life experiences and skills. Um, so to put yourself in a box saying, I don't deserve to be around these people or they're so much better than me or I want to be like them, I don't think is, is valid because I'm sure they could find something about you that they really want to be like or want to have as well. So um, it's just about sharing. Here's another thought. If you want to study and you want to improve, you cannot be passive. You have to take action. Because I taught for so many years and I, I have students, they would come, they would follow directions. And, and that's great. I, I'm not complaining about students who follow the directions. <laughs> but the thing is, a lot of people will just show up and do that. And yes, you can learn. But what happens when you start asking questions? because you don't understand. I mean, Doreen, have you ever been in a situation where a teacher explains something and you're like, what? Yeah, uh, in drawing class, like for the first time, I had never seen a nude model. I very barely worked with charcoal. Uh, I didn't understand different paper types. I didn't understand, like there were just so many things that I couldn't grasp until I asked the question. And the sooner you ask the question, the sooner you get an answer or the sooner you get directives to find your own solution. And again, going back to it's all at your pace, at your process, at your time, just realize that you're in control of that. You're the only one in control of your own time. So ask the question, don't be afraid. There is such thing as a dumb question. I will say that because a lot of people say, <laughs> No, there are there is a couple of ways. If you ask, like, what is a pencil? Like, there are things like that where it's like, come on, like, you know, 
What so notebook like, should I bring to class? <laughs> like, just bring a notebook, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, there are certain things where you also have to think about the question that you truly are asking because you're going to get an answer based off of what you ask. So be concise and be be intent, like have intent behind your question. It is intimidating. Ginger Cell says, I get so scared to ask questions. But you know what? All you need is one person to ask. And it's usually me. Like I'm the one who's like, wait, back up, what? And you know, maybe other people feel the same way. Chances are, if you are confused, at least one other person is confused as well. And so you rely on students like that when you're a teacher to say, whoa, Clara, back up. I, I missed something. That's really confusing. Now, the other thing too is <laughs> my joke is that if you're jealous of an artist, become their friend. It works out very well. So my friend in graduate school was so good at casting and I knew nothing. So I was like, dude, you're going to teach me everything. And so I just bothered him all day. And DP, why does that help? Because I could have just worked side by side, like parallel play, I suppose. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you you learn so much from just having a relationship with someone who you admire and being able to like ask them questions and see how their mind works and what inspires them. I mean, obviously don't annoy them, but like, um, you know, like have boundaries or listen to their boundaries. But I think like I do that too in, in my acting career, in my animation career. I, I love just like telling someone that I love their work because we're also artists and we have egos and we love having our egos inflated. <laughs> so tell people that you like your work. You know, like I get DMs all, all the time being like, how did you do this? Or And I'm more than happy if I have the time to like, you know, explain because it's really cool to get your art appreciated. And then the other person is learning something too. And um, like I said, you know, you never know what you can teach people as well, even if you think that they're quote unquote better than you. So there's no harm in trying to make a connection and see what comes from it. It's better to have friends than enemies. How many people here have contacted some artist and <laughs> said, oh my gosh, I love your work and maybe asked a question. Like I, I get those all the time and I can't answer all of them, but I try, or at least I try to send them somewhere where they can get that information because it's intimidating, but it's like worst case scenario, they don't reply. And so I, I'm a full believer in just annoying people to death because I'm like, I want to learn. I'm not going to just shut up and be quiet. <laughs> so speaking of feedback, this is something you have to search for because guess what? Your friends and family, I know they mean well, okay? But they're not gonna help you. My sister says the most annoying things. She's like, why can't you paint pretty trees all the time? I'm like, cause I don't want to. I need to explain this to you right now. <laughs> but the feedback, you have to get it to learn because so many of us, Doreen, we're just stuck in our own heads. We may not be able to see what we need to fix. Yeah. And I think a lot of people's families like, generalizing this very much uh they want to say things that will make you feel good and that will motivate you and just kind of float your boat but to be blunt i want someone to sink my ship so i can build a new one like i i want somebody to like give me the hardcore feedback of the composition is trash the concept isn't there like i'd much rather be told these things because as an artist, you're going to only strengthen your craft from the feedback you receive. And if someone's just telling me sweet nothings, 
I'm not going to grow as an artist and I'm not going to develop my craft any further. That's why it takes a lot longer. Like that's a part of process. That's part of why art takes a while. Like you have to be willing to get that feedback and work with that feedback. You also don't need to take all feedback. You can just don't have hearing anymore for a few minutes. Anna says, my mentors have been essential to both my artistic growth and sense of well-being. I honestly don't think I'd be here if I didn't talk to my mentors. They're, they're the ones who make me go, calm down, Clara. It's okay. Okay. Just do this. And I'm like, oh, yes. It's because most of the time I know what I'm supposed to do, but I feel like I need somebody to tell me or give me permission but Deep D, a lot of people don't have mentors that they know very well. Maybe you live in a rural area, there's no artists around. So our Discord is a great place to get mentorship. It's free too. Our Discord is free. There are thousands of people in there, including us, who can give you feedback on your work. And one thing I will say about mentors and feedback is like, it's not only the people who are giving it to you, but how you receive information from people. Like for me, I know there's certain people that like they can tell me something that's right on the nose, but just because it's coming from their mouth, I will not pay attention to it. I will immediately reject it or feel annoyed. And I feel like that's because you have a personal relationship with them generally. So our Discord is great because you have people who have MFAs, people who are teenagers, people who are just starting out and they're in their 60s. The variety of people you can be getting feedback from is so vast that you inevitably will find people who give you um great feedback who are supporting you encouraging you but also telling you what might not be working which is like you know the core of what will help you grow so if you are looking for for mentors for community our discord is you know even if i wasn't a part of our prof i would be singing our discord's praises because we really have a kick-ass community on there i'm the choir who is singing the praises it is very great <laughs> <laughs> here's another way to level up really fast. Try creating for a target audience or even a fake client. Now, Dorian, why does creating something for somebody, how does that level up your skills quickly in a way that something else does not? Yeah. Uh, the biggest thing is you're creating something for someone else. It takes you and it, remo it removes you from the equation. You can have parts of your identity showcased in your style, but at the end of the day, the product isn't meant for you. It's meant for another user, which shifts your focus to actually satisfying the need of whatever the project might be or whatever the person might need. And once you can take yourself out of it, it really does change how you view what you're actually making. Because if a lot of people make stuff for pleasure, but if you're making something for necessity, if you're making something that's meant to benefit somebody who has like arthritis, like stuff like that. There are certain components and certain elements that you have to learn, you have to research, and you have to actually go into deeper dives. So it really does change how you actually operate. Yeah, I don't know. I love that. I even make it a habit every couple of weeks. I'm the opposite. I hate doing stuff for other people. It just like drives me crazy. But Deep D, you made this music video. So tell us about this. How was this being made for somebody else? Yeah, so these were a wonderful band called Attaboy. And they really, they already really liked my work. And they reached out to me to create a music video, kind of like whatever I wanted. But the cool part about creating for someone else is you kind of have to explain your ideas 
in a way that you wouldn't have to explain to yourself because they're in your brain um, and kind of like show process and also accept feedback and, and make adjustments. Um, it really removes the ego in a lot of ways because you're like, this isn't some like you you're you can't just be like oh well they don't get it or like oh well you know it, it whatever it, this is what i want because it's a collaborative process all of a sudden and it's now less about what you want and more about how to make a client happy so um it really forces you to take feedback and maybe step outside of your comfort zone and, and engage with your work in a different way um while also learning how to talk about your work because that's huge about creating for a client is you really have to learn like how do i explain this Thank you, Jennifer, who says, I consider Clara my mentor. See, to me, that says we're doing our job. We're making it possible for you to feel comfortable enough to work with somebody who's not in real life. And I have so many wonderful connections with all of you here. And I, I wouldn't give it up for the world because you're all teaching me at the same time. We have our workshops. We have April Jelly Plate Experiments this Saturday, so you better sign up soon if you want to be in that. Drawing Cats, which is at the end of April, and we are going to be announcing May workshops pretty soon. Please join Deep D and I. We are going to be doing a Discord stage session immediately after the stream. Meet us in the post live streams stage channel. Join our Patreon group. We have so much fun because you can come and share your work in weekly voice sessions. I provide critiques and support in the Patreon group. I don't provide critiques in the public areas of the Discord, but mostly you find support in a small group of artists. So this is another form of learning, having people watch you grow, holding you accountable. There's many, many different ways you can learn, and here's another option. Our prof has services. We have artist calls, personal art curriculums, artist statement editing, and portfolio critiques. Big thank you to our top Patreon supporters, you're making these mentorships possible. We need all of that from all of you to keep that going. So thank you, everybody. Visit ourprof.org. There is so much content there that's not on YouTube. The best way to use it is to use the search bar. Artprof has a podcast. It's available on Spotify and also on iTunes. And subscribe for more art tutorials, critiques, and business tips. Everybody, thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>